bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Welcome along and a very happy Christmas to all our listeners. Today. Merry Christmas. We should, shouldn't we? I, I brought quality streets though. There you go. They I know what you want. No, you just you can <laughs> save it for later or eat it now if you like. I've got but, the green um, triangle. There you go, and I've got a. I'm not sure what the pink one is, but there and you Dave's go. Dave's got a pink one as well. Let's not go there. Marvelous. <laughs> so there you go. It's, it's a festive <laughs> podcast here, the Yellow Army, Talking United, Herald Express, Devon Live uh, podcast for this week. And is there much on the agenda this we week? We have much to discuss. That's always we good do. to hear. Um, uh, it's never any different, is no, it? No, that's uh, absolutely this week, right. This week, here we go. I, I regret to say that we will have to touch on the Maidstone game at some point during the podcast. Yeah, let, I let's, mean, let's, let's push it back we'll down, push the, agenda back down the agenda a bit. It's not so yeah. Christmassy, that one, is it? It wasn't Christmassy at all, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but there was a big event yesterday that we need to talk about yes, as well. Yes, and not Christmassy, but... Uh, it had its own um, uh, uh, celebration, I think that's the right word. Uh, it, Ian Twitchin's funeral yeah. in Tynmouth yesterday. Um, uh, it would be wrong to say that the whole of Tynmouth Town Centre came to a complete standstill, but it got as close to it Pretty as it's close. Going, probably yeah. going to get. Um, An absolutely enormous crowd turned out for uh, uh, to pay tribute to him. Uh, a proper Tynmouth occasion, I think, really? uh, yeah. is the best way of describing it. But... Um, uh, uh, not just a Tynmouth occasion because people came from all over the place uh, uh, ex-teammates yeah. um, uh, for instance uh, older United fans will remember certainly remember Les Lawrence who played up front for yeah. several How is years Les? When Les is very well Good. indeed yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, somebody who was a great friend of Ian's uh, um, uh, he and his wife were a great friend of Ian, Ian and Jan's uh, um, uh, during that time was Peter Coffill who was a yeah. very popular right winger at Plainmore um, uh, one of our friend Simon's favourite players ever I yes, think, wasn't he? yes. Yeah. well he was a proper yeah. crowd pleasing right winger uh, travelled all the way down from Essex he's still playing uh, yeah. um, in, in his 60s uh, turns out once a week was twice a week a little while ago uh, and then he thought better of that and um, uh, he turned up fantastic to see him uh, loads and loads of players and uh, friends and supporters from the whole of the world of sort of South Devon football, really. Yeah. Did you say um, there was almost no, not, not enough room in the, in the church? Uh, right? There the, 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 the was room uh, for, for standing, um, but nobody bothered about that. Um, uh, it was a lovely day as well. Reception back at Tynmouth Football Club afterwards, that was heaving. Um, and... Uh, you know, if you can have a good funeral, uh, a good send off, uh, then then yeah. then yeah. that was it. You obviously, you know, were feeling for his family and and his closest friends, but um, and especially since Ian was taken at sixty five, it's it's uh, there is a huge element of yeah. sadness uh, to it all. But uh, there was a lot of smiles and a lot of laughter at at um, the reception afterwards. Uh, Les Lawrence, uh, years and years later, was recalling. Details that yeah. none of us could believe, <laughs> uh, particularly when um, because Peter Coffell, sports remember, he used to have dark hair and a beard. Yeah. Well, he's now got not much white hair and no beard, so right. uh, quite a few people took yeah. a while recognising him. Um, Did you get him straight away? But no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. I have to hold my hand up. And um, uh, but but Les always Les used came out with a great line that of course Pete 
<laughs> and Pete saw the joke of it that uh, at the start of each game, uh, the team used to joke that uh, the team used to go out with two balls, one for Pete to play with and the other for the rest of the team to do. Because <laughs> uh, he was yeah. the type of winger who enjoyed beating fullbacks, put yeah. it like that. But, and and um, cut inside and beat them all over again. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, um, it was it was a, 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 a proper tribute, Alec Leg. From Timmouth did a wonderful address, and Ian's daughter did as well. <coughs> yeah. um, very moving and um, a great occasion, I think. Yeah, um, good. And he, he would have he would have approved. I think we should say well done to Timmouth Football Club as well for the way they they've handled all of this. Yes, I think there will be things things happening going forward. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're planning some sort of permanent tribute to him, um, uh, either at the ground or in the form of a trophy. Probably both, actually. Mm. Um, uh, it, it's uh, and quite right too. You know, he he was somebody who was born in the town, never yeah. left it. Oh, and by the way, a, a, another little anecdote which many younger supporters now will find hard to believe, let alone some of the current pros, is that Ian was renowned for his fitness. He, he uh, there probably has never been a fitter Torquay United player really? than Ian Twitchin. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I was assured, well, Peter Coffell actually said it, and he should know because he was with him most of the time. Uh, by the way, during the summer, they were both full-time pros at Playmore back in yeah. the 70s. Senior pros as well. Um, and they used to augment their income during the summer by working the deck chairs on Tim the Seafront. Yeah, to earn a bit of money during, during <laughs> Players the, during working the summer. on Odicum Beach. That's yeah. right, used um, to happen regularly yeah. and used to do it r- willingly. But... Pete Coffell told us, a st- told us all, and he, he absolutely swore by it, and I'm sure it's true, that sometimes if Ian's car wasn't in the best of health uh, and um, he didn't fancy catching the bus, he would run from Tynmouth to Plainmore. Really? Now, anybody who knows the topography of that road... That's lumpy, uh, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, run from Tynmouth yeah, to Plainmore. Dangerous as well with those corners. Do a day's training and run home again. Wow. Uh, now, uh, for me, that's the sort that's of... That's fit, isn't it? it that's, yeah. that's fit on, an, on, on another level and think nothing of it. Yeah. And, and it wasn't something he did regularly, but Peter Coffer was saying he said he, it, it's something he did several times <laughs> and had to have the information prized out of him when he got to Plainmore. It wasn't like he ran through the door and said, oh, by the way, everybody, I've just run from yeah. Tenmouth. Um, <laughs> you don't you don't get that sort of thing you're, anymore, you're a do you? Guy. What, how far is that? That's a long way. Yeah. It's a long way on the road um, and the coast because path. The it's, the it's bumpy. Yeah, but it's also the road's quite wearing on you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it would I, be. I, knowing Ian, because he knew every inch of, the, of that country, he'd probably found a, some little track or a to avoid coming yeah. on the actual road. But um, you don't get that sort of thing in this day, <laughs> this day and age, do you? And yeah. um, all power to try yeah. it after absolutely. This. Yeah, we'll, we'll go out and run, yeah. we'll run to Timothy and back yeah. after this. And if you believe that, I don't mind cycling. <laughs> but yeah. You can follow us, Dave. Yeah. Okay, so on with the uh, the Christmas podcast. What we should have done, of course, remember when you used to get your Roy of the Rovers or your Shoot magazine at this time of year? There'd always be some terrible cheesy picture of a footballer hanging the decorations on his Christmas tree. You're, well, too, we, you're too young for yeah, this, absolutely. Rich. Absolutely. I can remember... No, yeah, I am. No. Honestly, I am. Yeah. Quite right. Too. There would be <laughs> yeah. a picture that was yeah. taken in July or something of, yes. of Rodney Marsh hanging his Christmas well, we decorations. With a stocking. We, with we can it, do yeah. a picture around the tree in a minute. We should further. do that, yeah. With we? a stocking, yeah. We I might. used to get me... In the start of the season was your league ladder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was great. With the cardboard league ladder. 
Um, and then the ne- over the next few weeks, the teams used to come out in their little yep. d- uh, yeah. cardboard cutout, so you could press them all out and stick them in. So yep. by the time the season kicked off, you had. But all you the never teams really continued ladder. with it. You put them all in. What? You did it for a couple of weeks. Never, oh, well, hang on a minute. Sorry. Never I, really. I don't think I ever got beyond beyond the end of no, September. You do it for, no, for a month, no, no. and then uh, it, it was the big joke in our family that on a Saturday night between <laughs> six and seven, <laughs> I, could, I, I could be found in my bedroom <laughs> adjusting my league. <laughs> 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 so, and uh, and we won't go any, any further is, with that conversation. That's why you're the renowned expert you are, <laughs> yeah, and, and we're not. Right. Because yeah. and all, the little, all the team names were in their in their colours, weren't they? They, they were. They, they never quite got Chalky's colours right either, no, did they? You no. have to be careful not to rip the little tabs off as well, otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyway, getting back to the Christmas one. Yeah. Back to the perhaps Christmas yes. one. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. we'll go and do one of those photos. Um, just as a little aside, Gary Hours was on the radio this morning as I was driving into work, um, Radio 5 Live, talking about Bristol City last night. And why not? Congratulations in passing to the Robins. Yeah. Uh, dumped Manchester United out of the, yeah. what's it called? The Carab... The Carab... Is it Carabao? 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 Something, something like that. that. It's the League Cup it's, anyway. We know it as yeah. the League Cup. Uh, and well done to Bristol City. Into the um, semi-finals, and their reward for that is to play Manchester City. City. Well, there you go. They've done away. one, they can do the other, can't yeah. they? But Gary was, was very good on the radio this morning, obviously absolutely delighted yeah. with um, with what Bristol City did last yeah, night. Yeah, well done to them. Both Gary Hours and Martin Cool, of course, ex-Bristol City stalwarts. We've had a few Bristol City, ex-Bristol City managers, haven't we, I suppose? Leroy, I guess. Yeah, there's, 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 there's a bit of a line in there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. I say a few, I've... I've what, immediately come yeah, up against yeah, the brick yeah. wall. No, no, that's well done. <laughs> um, but all right, let's get it over with. The elephant in the room was the Maidstone game last Saturday. I didn't go. I went to Buckland. You didn't. You did exactly the right <laughs> thing. Let's just say there's no way of dressing this up, is no, there? It was let, awful. Let, let's 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 deal with it. Uh, uh, Gary Hours, I, I can entirely understandably, um, uh, as you know, he he calls a spade a shovel after good, bad, and indifferent performances. Uh, and he he didn't spare the anybody no. afterwards. Um, but I, I, I'm we did a piece in the paper this week about the FA Trophy. I'm I'm not a fan of the FA Trophy, no. um, particularly in Talk United's position and in the position of quite a lot of other clubs with with things at stake in in the, yeah. in, the in the national con- in the conference or the national league. Um, I think one of the best results that United had during the season in which they were promoted back into the league under mm. Paul Buckle 2008-9 was to lose 3-0 at Southport in the FA Trophy and get out of the damn thing um, because of course the year before yeah. they'd been to the final and I don't think that run in the trophy no. helped them at all during their league campaign but um, even but, so but people paid 15 quid to that go absolutely in they did, yeah. and they were yeah. treated to yeah. one of the worst talky performances I can remember Yeah, I, I, it, it was almost as if it was uh, um, all, 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 all the kind of stuff that you work on the training ground had just been sort of set aside for the afternoon. Yeah. Now uh, I know this can happen. Uh, uh, no, Gary, I was made five changes, mm-hmm. uh, which we all, I think, suspected he was going to make anyway. Yeah. That was no surprise. Uh, no, it wasn't, and all for perfectly good reasons. Yeah. <clears throat> we definitely needed to give Ryan Clark uh, uh, a game in goal. Uh, and as so often, very often happens in four 0 defeats, the goalkeeper's the best player, and he was. He was. Yeah. Um, we needed to have a look at Guy Nabiu up front. He paired him with John Paul Pittman, Jennison uh, um, uh, Murray Williams. Nothing happened. No, Jennison uh, Murray Williams played down the left hand side in place of Liam Davis, who was rested. George Gow- uh, Dowling came back into yeah. into midfield. 
Uh, and of course, the whole sad episode was compounded when Jazzy Barn and Bob get sent a straight red card for, I think, what we'd all agree was a. Uh, uh, I personally didn't think it was quite as bad as it looked, but it we was. Did, it was rash. It. Have it you was, watched it, it back on? Oh, yeah, the, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. it since. No, no. He, he's 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 taken off. Yeah. He's taken off on a tackle from sort of side stroke behind. You can't do that these days. I, I, I it was in a crazy part of the pitch. Apparently, yeah, there was else. no was danger a, over um, there. I wonder if seeing it with a fresh eye, like I did, because I wasn't at the game, so I didn't mm. have that emotion of you know, no. oh, oh, seeing it and, and yeah. believing it to be one or the other. Seeing it afresh on video, he goes in with at least one foot upturned. Mm, so absolutely. the studs are showing. Yeah. Yeah. He's lost control. He does get the ball. But if he had got the man, it would have been a broken leg. He's got he's got both. He's, he's he's clipped both. Yeah. He's clipped the guy as well. And and the referee has stood side on what ten fifteen yards yeah. away. He's got a decision to make straight away. Uh, Maidstone made plenty of it as well, which but which is we, part, we, of the course now, part of the yeah. course now. And uh, and uh, my instinct when it happened, and sometimes you know, and I was we were all a long way away, weren't yeah. we? Was that mm, that didn't that wasn't quite as bad as it looked. But having seen it on the replays, I still don't think it's quite as bad as it looked. But I can absolutely understand I, the referee sending him off, and now he's out for three games. Exactly. I thought and it was a, I thought it was a red. Over. I, yeah, I, I, I genuinely yeah. thought it was a red. Um, it was he, silly, wasn't he it? He took off yeah. from a long way back. There was no danger out there at all. No. It was just, and of course, the referee went straight for his back pocket. Yeah. Rash run. and yeah. injudicious. I think all those sort of words you can throw at it. But uh, and and now Barn so, and Bob, yeah. who, you know, who's on loan from Newport and coming to the end of a, of a loan from mm. Newport, is out for Eastleigh twice and Boreham Wood. Yeah. Um, you know, which and he's United done he's done well, hasn't he's he? He's impressed, okay, hasn't he? Yeah. And it's it's but you know I'm sure he would have beaten himself up several times yeah. since they don't need us to do it again but um, no United for me the thing that that, that that you know looking back on it and almost on the day as well the type of stuff that United will have done on the training ground every single day you know uh, one two touch passing one touch passing you know movement da -da 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 -da. they just set aside as soon as it yeah. happened yeah. Uh, uh, Maidstone have got a player called Reese Prestige uh, sitting oh, in midfield yes. yeah. well he's not quite he doesn't quite have the build of Steve McNulty at Tranmere but he's getting on for it uh, he's no athlete uh, by no. any stretch of the imagination he's never run from Timoth to <laughs> no he, well, he wouldn't even no. dream of doing it <laughs> no. uh, in fairness to he wouldn't get up past the pitch and putt to be honest <laughs> no no uh, he, he, he United I think helped give him a bit of credit as well he ended up looking like a million dollars. He ran the game for he them, ran, didn't he? he? Him and yeah. Stuart Lewis and Jay Reason, three senior citizens, uh, stood there mm. in the middle of midfield and passed United off the pitch. Uh, and they did, they played the type of football that United should and have been playing yeah. recently. That's yeah. the crazy thing. Is you know, <clears throat> crisp, one, two-touch passing. If there's a nice, simple ball, play it. Uh, um, you know, and only when the game opens up and you get some time do you have some. Yeah. Do you start to have an extra touch and maybe look for something different? And United, I'm not saying he he, he had a great game in midfield, Luke Young. Um, he he had a decent game, but not a great game. Mm. He is the only player in United's midfield who consistently, when he gets the ball and has his first touch and looks up hits the first option he sees. Yeah. If it's a 40-yard yeah. pass, he hits it. If it's a 10 or 15-yard pass, he does it with conviction and he doesn't wait for another option. And he moves to receive the ball again. And then goes yeah. and, and then yeah. goes and then goes again. It's we are not talking rocket science football here, you know, and no. and and mm. actually every single great side who's ever played the game, you watch them, the Barcelonas, all these people 
They don't play complicated football. No. It only gets complicated when they get on round, in and around the edge of the box and then the Messies and the, mm. the, the, the top, top quality players do it. You know, football, what was the old saying? Football's a simple game complicated by the players and the coaches. And, and, but you, uh, like you say, but you it's get not the, the coaches in this particular yeah, case. You get the ball the and you move it on and that's just what they're right. doing. That's right, yeah. Jim so, Harvey, the old Hereford and Halifax manager, said in the National League, you put six passes together, you create a chance. Yeah, because it's, yeah. that, you know, uh, in, uh, that, that, it's that type of game. But United set that aside at the weekend. Uh, and maybe, you know, I do, you know, even Gary Hour said he felt sorry for the people who turned up and watched yeah, it on Saturday. Yeah. Maybe if that has helped to, to ground United again, to say, look, how have we got to the point where we look as if we have a chance of getting out of the bottom four? Yeah. We do it by relentless hard work, pressurising the opposition and moving the ball quickly. Yeah. Well, if it gets them back to doing it, maybe something yeah. will come out of it. So yeah, we'll draw a line under it. It was inexplicable, it was embarrassing, but at least it was in the cup. So and and no league all. points lost. No league points no. were lost. Now, in the wake of that, three players have... Left playing more at the yeah, end of yeah. loans. Um, uh, the, the first three players whose loans were up, they were up this week. Uh, um, uh, Reese Murphy, Callum yeah. Evans have both gone back to Forest Green, and Josh McCoy's gone back to Luton. Luton. Yeah. After three month loans, three, yeah. three, <laughs> three, three month loans, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, uh, but yes. uh, Gary Hours has hinted that um, you know it, it's not a closed door. Possibly where McCoy's concerned, no. so we'll see where that goes. I mean, it's all a bit quiet at Playmore at the moment on the player front, but um, from what I understand, it's um, uh, relentlessly busy yeah. um, uh, on all fronts. They are pulling out all the stops uh, to make the three or four signings. Funnily enough, I, I, I think over the last few weeks, with most of United's slightly improved performances, uh, without you know, all right, if you could find four or five, or six, if you and, and if United could afford them four or five or six much better players, will you go out and get them? But we know that isn't the case. But mm -hmm. if they could go out, for me, um, I think the back, the defence has looked reasonably serviceable. Uh, yeah. um, I don't think we have any great concerns in goal with Vincent Durrell and uh, and or Ryan Clark. Um, it's just up front, and yeah. if if United could sign. Um, you know, a, a, a genuinely uh, a better quality striker, um, and maybe somebody else in midfield uh, to, to to power up that midfield yeah. uh, um, uh, and improve the competition in there. Um, do, do you think that I mean Nabu did anything to further his cause on I Saturday? Think the he had the chance, to yes, but I he think had, the he circumstances had to come off. were slightly different. Uh, yeah. uh, in other words, it was a day when actually he was never going to do any impressing or earning any brownie points. It was a day actually for him to come in and say, "I ain't going to look good this afternoon, but I'm going to put some I'm going to yeah. put some miles in." Um, and he was uh, uh, any player coming in in his situation. You often see it, don't you, in pre-season games? Players on trial, they. They they, they, try, they spend the afternoon trying to look good and doing a bit yeah. of a trick here and doing something there and maybe waiting for a chance and all that kind of stuff and it doesn't happen for them uh, uh, and uh, sometimes from a coach and manager's point of view actually all they want to see is the is is the yeah. guy making the right runs putting the hard yards in closing defenders down etc 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 and um, none of that really happened on Saturday no. and not not just up front but almost in any other position as well so.
Draw that line. Draw that line. I will almost draw that line because the one player who didn't get on off the bench on Saturday uh, was Jake Gosling. Now he's fit again. Uh, I presume he's fit again as he was on the bench there. He's fit, fit. Uh, uh, There's a concern as to how match fit he is, Mm. obviously, because he hasn't played since he came back from his injury. Um, so, uh, and I think if there was a reg- <laughs> if there was another regret of Gary Owls on Saturday, it was that he didn't get a chance to get yeah. Jake Gosling yeah. on, uh, because I think that would certainly have been one of the options that he would have preferred to have played in the yeah. second half. Um, now, whether that brings Gosling into the equation, especially with McCoy going, yeah. and Barn and Bob missing uh, uh, as well, and so and he's going to have to bring well. some people in. Uh, we all know that Gosling can play right wing cutting in on his left foot and yep. in the hole. So yeah. um, whether he'll feature in the uh, in the in the Boxing Day stroke New Year's program, we, we, we'll we'll, wait, we'll wait and see. But it was nice to see him at least back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, on, on the bench, and uh, Gary Owls has seen him loads and loads of times. Yeah. Uh, not for Torquay, but for other for other clubs. He knows him very well. He knows, uh, you know, what the talent the guy's got. Uh, yeah. And and I'm sure he he feels that you know he he can hopefully get a a real tune out of Jake Gosling. Good stuff. Which and that brings us almost as neatly as if we prepared it to talk about the reserves, which would give the manager a chance to have a look at some of these players on a more regular basis. Yeah. There's a story in the Herald Express this week um, about the possibility of Torquay having a reserve side again. Yes, and 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 this is a huge thing for the club and the supporters. Uh, you know, a full professional football club without a reserve team yeah. or stroke youth team is never quite right, is it? Uh, uh, if it's affordable. Um, and this is all part of, you know, the, the club's current plan to try and beef up the whole infrastructure of the club. It's happened off the pitch. It's now starting to happen on the pitch with the, you know, uh, the academy. Um, and already, an under sixteen player from their academy is. Um, yes, I saw that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Is, is yeah. attracting a bit of an attention. Yeah, yeah Olaf Kozela from uh, Torquay Academy, the school. Um, uh, and he's, you know, part of United's under-16 academy team. Um, uh, uh, I think he had a trial up at Reading, I think, yeah. towards the end of last week. And one or two Premier clubs are having a look at him as well. Free-storing striker, he's impressed a lot of people. But over in the bu- on the back of that, uh, United, I think, are also having a bash to get in the uh, Southwest Peninsula League. First Division East, as a, as a stand, Division as a, One East, Division One. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Division One, Division One, which is the same level it's as, funnily enough, as Plymouth Argyle came in. Uh, yeah. What a couple. Two, Plymouth three years Argyle ago. joined um, Division One East uh, last season. Um, automatically went straight through it into into the Pen- Peninsula Premier. Yeah. Um, the very fact that they allowed Plymouth Argyle reserves in says to me that it would be difficult to turn down. Torquay, or indeed yeah. somewhere like Exeter, yeah. if they they requested a place. Um, interestingly, that when we when we did the story online the other day, uh, someone quite high up from the league, Phil Hiscox, liked the tweet. So obviously you they, can read uh, a lot into yeah. that. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, I, you know, I mean, it's I, progress for Torquay, isn't it? Well, it, it's just it's just building up an infrastructure so that players can see a path into the in from youth football up into the first team. We've all know and Jeff Harrop the general manager was talking was a, was referring to this is that a lot of the problems in in developing players at the moment are the the gap between the levels they have to bridge to get up into senior yeah. first team football. Uh, it's there's a lot of stuff being talked about much higher up in the game about 
you know, Premier League and Championship under twenty three teams are not fitting the players no. to become pros. Well, we've, um, we've said that they're fitting uh, them only to play, to play in that league, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. To, to play to play football which isn't realistic no. when they come to be thrown into senior first team football, certainly in League One, League yeah, Two sort yeah. of level. Uh, and United have had one or two players over the years, and some of them have been fine. Uh, and and as ever in football, you know, if you're a youngster, uh, if you listen and learn quicker than anybody else, you tend to get on a lot quicker. But but um, it is it is difficult, especially because there isn't that competitive element no. uh, in under twenty three football, um, or there doesn't appear there's, to be there's anyway. any tackling, is there? Well, <laughs> there we go. You'll get that in the. Peninsula, yeah. I'll tell you that now. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's exactly what United have been referring to. They want these younger players. There, obviously, there, there is a risk here. You know, you do have to try. You know, you, the clubs like United would have to have to be seen to be protect, not protecting, yeah. but safeguarding. You know, the health. They can't have seven, sixteen, seventeen-year-olds being kicked up here and down Dale. Uh, but that's how you yeah. you have to be the judge of that and you have to pick the lads who you think you can cope with it and and the lads who need to be learning about how to cope with all that sort of stuff um, and hopefully they come out. I mean years and years and years ago Lee Sharp came out of United's a trainee scheme we're talking obviously yeah. back in the late yeah. 1980s 16 year old talented winger been rejected by several big West Midlands club he came through United's tra- traineeship Cyril Knowles took one look at him and said, "My goodness, you know he's, he, he's yeah. got he's got it." But he 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 the reason why Lee Sharp succeeded both at United and at Man United so young was not just because he could beat people and cross the ball for a pastime. It's because he was mentally and physically toughened up. Yeah. During his year, his his first senior year, he was still only sixteen at the time at Plainmore, yeah. and he went to Man United at the end of that process. Seventeen years old he was. And he was in Man United's first team. He was almost the real deal, the finished product by he the was, time he got there, wasn't yeah, he? Long before he was in the England squad. No, that's, well, that's right. Yeah. And they were saying to him, Man United, what on earth have they been, have they been feeding you on down in, down yeah. in Torquay? And, it, and, he said, and he would say, well, it was, it was tough, believe me. And he yeah. was toughened up. Yeah. And that's the process that you want and need a youngster within reason to go through so that when some snarling fullback at Hartlepool or Tranmere or whatever... Uh, promises to stick you into the middle of next week. Uh, you can, as they do. Yeah, yes. y- you can, you can handle it, and and you can look him in the eye and say, "Sorry, mate, I'm coming back for more." I will say a lot of these players that have been mooted as the players that might be of interest to Torquay in in, in a, a, league, a Peninsula League team are already playing in the Peninsula League. Well, um, that's I'm, another. I'm thinking of players that I'm not going to name names, but there's players at Stoke Gabriel, at Brixham, at Newton Abbott Spurs. Also, a core of players that have come through Torquay Academy who've done really well under Chris Hogg over the last couple of years. And, and um, you know, they, they've already got experience of Peninsula League. That's right. I think it'd be quite interesting if the thing happens and the league say yes and United have a team, the, the, the name of the manager is going to be quite interesting. Who's, That's true. Who's, yeah. who's going to run this yeah. team? Uh, uh, what sort of contacts has he got? How, how, you know, it's, and I'm sure United already have somebody in mind for that. Um, uh, uh, and there's 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 many wise people in the game that say the most important person in any professional football club is the is the the chief youth coach. Yeah, they are the people the who, of the club, who isn't it? bring yeah. players through. Yeah. They get it wrong. Yeah. Dot 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 dot. It's proper man's football. And uh, yeah, 
you know, yeah. interesting. No, no, fingers crossed. And uh, there's there's a, there's a lot of decisions to be taken over the next sort of month or two. And um, and apart from anything else, it, it's you've got to doff your cap to United for heading down this road at a time when there's so much other worry and 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 concern about what may happen at first team level. Yeah, um, it would be very easy, really, I suppose, for United to say, look, until we know whether we're Mm. What league we're you know you know we, we, but no they they are pressing on with it and and um, uh, you obviously get more benefit more parents involved more kids involved yeah uh, it helps all the younger age groups because they can see That's a good. way of moving on and up and um, so a couple, couple of our walking footballers might be pushing for a place you never know I'm pushing for a place all part of, the, uh, part of the sending in the CV. Now then, as it's Christmas week, we need, to talk, we need to talk about, first of all, the games that we've got coming up, Eastleigh on Boxing Day away. and New Year's I Day I always think that Spitfires versus Goals is a very unfair game. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then a, a, a small matter of a trip to Boreham Wood in the middle of that, Absolutely. don't forget. Yeah. But that got us all a bit nostalgic about Boxing Day's past and oh, about the um, football that uh, has gone by. We're going all Dickensian here. Well, I'm only going back to last year, to be honest. <laughs> well, you only have to go back you to last year, You only have to go back you? to last year. Um, there, there was By the way, I understand there's a bit of a party being thrown at Forest Green over Christmas for, <laughs> to celebrate the fact they don't have to play us. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Although I miss Forest Green. I liked the vegan cuisine at Forest Green, I have to say. The, um, the gravy on the chips was... was Fantastic. Forest Green yeah. have been going for a promotion, and of course, eventually went up last season for the yeah. last three or four years. And almost every year, they play, they were paired with us at Christmas, and we mucked them up. So yeah, yeah. but there you go. So last year at Plainmore on Boxing Day, talking <laughs> Take a United, deep breath. half-time score was nil-nil, which I'd forgotten oh, until I looked it up. Half-time score was nil-nil. <laughs> My cousin was over from the states. It was his first game at Plainmore. We were stood on the pop side, and at half-time, I thought this is a bit disappointing, isn't it? Nil-nil. Nothing much going on. And then there were seven goals in the second half. Actually, from half-time in the first game until full-time in the second game up at Forest Green, there was a goal every eight minutes on average. Nice. Yeah. Christmas football. Christmas football. Talkie went 3-0 up on Boxing Day oh, against Forest Green. Blissett, Fitzpatrick and McGinty put well us 3-0 up. Yeah. And then we conceded three quick goals. Deutsch, Clough and Pinnock. Made it three three, and there was a point where every time Forest Green came it, forward, yeah. they scored. Yeah, but Ben Gering, yeah, absolutely, eighty one minutes, hometown lad, hometown lad, the winner in a yeah. Boxing Day local derby. And wasn't he happy? Was yeah, yeah. Was captain of Truro nowadays. Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. So four three on Boxing Day. Yeah. Then we go on to January the first, New Year's Day, Forest Green. A damp and drizzly kind of a day, if it I remember was, it rightly. Was, it was it was miserable, wasn't it? It was cold and damp. It was. Yeah. It wasn't great in there, but Forest Green's always a very welcoming place to go and watch your football. Uh, Keanu Marsh Brown put them in front after oh, four minutes. Then two goals from Dan Sparks on well, the fifteenth and twenty first. It, it, it turned into the Sparks <laughs> and Fitzpatrick show, it didn't did. it? It did. Well, we that put us two one up. Marsh Brown scored again after 29 minutes, make it 2-2. And then Aman Verma put us in front five minutes with before a, the break. With a hell of a shot. It was. Yeah. It was indeed. So 3-2 at the break. We already thought we'd had a goal fest. And then it just continued. It was a pinnacle own goal after 50 minutes. Ooh, put us 4-2 right. up. Yeah. Uh, but then <coughs> Christian Deutsch got one back for Forrest Green. 62 minutes. Fitzpatrick, as I remember, an absolute screamer from yeah. Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Put us 5-3 up, 
but there's still half an hour to go. Well, and that, far too long for you. <laughs> far United. too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we entered another spell where every time Forest Green came forward, oh. and they were attacking the Torquay fans at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks as if they were going to score. Deutsch got one after 83. And then poor old Brendan Moore basically threw one in, didn't he? Uh, two Defense, minutes from time. Defence is on top. Defence is on top, absolutely. Five, five, five all. all. Yeah. 17 goals in three halves of football. Are yeah. we going to get that kind of entertainment this year? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, if, if we do get that kind of entertainment, I dare say Gary Harris and, uh, and Martin Cool will... Um, Try and throw themselves into the Solent, but uh, yes, um, yeah, and, and look at the defending. But yeah. I mean, there have been some great games down the years, Boxing Days. They have, they have. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I wasn't there, and none of us were there, and very few people listening to this podcast were there. But of course, back in the 1950s and earlier than that, teams used to play on Christmas Day and Boxing Day, Christmas yeah. Day morning and Boxing Day morning or ask afternoon. A, ask a Premiership player to do that now. And yeah. in one famous incident uh, um, in the 1956-57 season, when, by the way, United missed promotion to what's now the Championship yeah. on goal average. Uh, this is Torquay's best ever season. It really, is. Wasn't it, it? It, yeah. Statistically, it is. Yeah. Uh, their home record, played 23, won 19, drawn 4, lost none. 71 goals scored in the process. That's the stuff of um, dreams, isn't it? It is. Anyway, they had two games against Brentford on Christmas Day, Christmas morning, and then they were due back at Plainmore, Boxing Day. They yeah. drew nil-nil at Brentford on Christmas Day morning, jumped on a train to come home yeah. for the Boxing Day You don't get trains at Christmas anymore. <laughs> and the train got stuck in a snowdrift on Salisbury Plain. The Brentford team <laughs> yeah. caught a bus down, and yeah. they managed to get through... United spent most of the night stuck in a snowdrift without any food or drink on the train, got back to Torquay at five o'clock in the morning after snow ploughs had, had, had cleared the, um, uh, the snow away. There is stories, whether it's true or not, that the club doctor gave the players something to perk them up. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if anyone from Netflix... Whether that's right or not, I don't know. And Netflix United, will be back. <laughs> United went out and beat them 2-0 in the afternoon. Ted Calland and Sammy Collins scored the goals. Um, Brilliant. Uh, uh, two games in, in, well, less than 24... Uh, yeah, 24 out, to, just yeah. over 24 hours. If Netflix um, are listening, I'm up for the part of Alf Ramsey, the Ipswich Town manager. Oh, no. <laughs> and Alf Ramsey, of course, was the manager of Ipswich, who eventually uh, pipped... That's entertainment, on, though, isn't it? That's the great average. thing about these these Boxing Day games. They usually they may not provide a goal feast like last year's did, but they're usually entertaining, aren't they? Because the fans are in a good mood, and because the crowds are big, and yeah. and and very often local derbies are involved, fans remember get those games for 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 much longer than they do other great fixtures and great matches. Uh, and United have had good times. And as I remember, a very painful time down at Argyle on Boxing that, Day, see, 1969. One, I, I wasn't there, but I remember I the result. Yeah, we must have watched the, the football I, results on the TV or something. Yeah, Plymouth Argyle six, Torquay United nil, and the whole point was that United were above Argyle in the table. Were going into that match, five thousand Torquay fans went down to Home Park yeah. that afternoon, fully expecting United to take Argyle to the cleaners. Um, and uh, Fred Bickle, um, Dave Bickle, Dave, uh, yeah. not not um, uh, not Dave Bickle, was it? Um, Mike Bickle. Mike Bickle. Mike Bickle scored yeah. four. Yeah. Argyle won six nothing. Uh, thankfully, United uh, did win the second game at Playmore two one. So it wasn't Argyle didn't do the double over them. But um, 
uh, uh, there pain, you go. Painful reverse. I think yeah, my, my, yeah. My, uh, my, my biggest memory of a, of a Boxing Day game is also at Argyle, but it's not actually Torquay, because I think Torquay were away. It's the early 90s, and they were, we were looking for a game to go to, because Torquay were probably too far away. I can't remember where they were. So we went to Argyle versus West Brom, and it's the coldest day I have ever spent <laughs> on some terraces. It was absolutely we were up on that, that away and terrace. At, yeah, it, it, no, it wasn't the away terrace. We're in what, what, yeah. the, the one that's due to be knocked down. Yeah, the Devonport. Yeah, and it was nil nil. nil Great, nil. <laughs> that's entertainment. <laughs> well, just finally, uh, I, the, the one I'm going to throw in, which I'm sure many more younger United fans will, will remember. Uh, um, uh, Plymouth Argyle 2, Torquay United 2, twice coming from behind, Avian Williams and Kevin Hill getting the two equalisers. Uh, 1999, Christmas 1999, the game featured one of uh, the all-time great goalkeeping displays by a Torquay United goalkeeper, Neville Southall at the age of 40. It was almost Southall against the, against the rest at times. An unbelievable display. Yeah. Uh, by Neville and United got a two-all draw out of it which actually of course was, was hugely important at the time United weren't going well in the league it was the old Division 3 then wasn't it that's right yeah. and, and um, what a performance he, he put on and at the end of the game Argyle obviously disappointed they hadn't won but I can remember the whole of Home Park good, stood up and, and applauded Neville South all off the pitch it was talk about rolling back the years I mean obviously yeah. he was he he probably could have rolled back the years with his his figure then but um, but my goodness um, he he played wonderfully well that Great afternoon game. I have a memory of a, a game at Plainmore against Exeter on Boxing Day where we all wondered where our friend Andy Fall was and of course it was 11 o'clock kickoff and he turns up at three as everyone's kind of just milling around he's not the, the first and he won't be the last <laughs> I did that in the press box once if, I think it was a Boxing Day game I was sitting at home I thought we've got a three o'clock kickoff I put the sky results programme on and the results started coming up and then Torquay had taken the lead I yeah, think it was against MK Dons it was a one o'clock kickoff, kickoff wasn't it yeah, uh, fortunately yeah, they yeah. scored quite early on because I managed to get into the press box by half time but John, <laughs> John Uzel has never let me forget that so um, yeah pay attention to those kickoff times thank you very much for listening we've taken up quite enough of your time uh, this has been the Herald Express Devon Live Torquay United Yellow Army podcast wishing you a very Merry Christmas Happy Christmas Merry Christmas have a good one and get and some points Enjoy those local derbies. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, come on, you yellows. yellows.